0: This episode of All the Books is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month works hard to discover and bring literary gems to avid readers, just like you, the types of books that are truly worth reading. And they've been championing great new titles and authors for over 90 years. Book of the Month doesn't use algorithms. They work with real people, passionate readers, including our very own Liberty, who put in hundreds of hours vetting books in order to select the titles that they feature. Their judges include figures like David Sedaris, Whoopi Goldberg, Maya. B. Journalists, people from Esquire, Oprah, Essence, Harper's Magazine, many book bloggers, and as I have said, our own Liberty Hardy. The April guest judge is actress and comedian Ellie Kemper from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Every month, members choose from five powerful, immersive, new hardcover books. If none of the titles in a given month stand out to you, you can just skip that month. Book of the Month offers lower prices for hardcover books than Amazon, and you can add additional books to your box each month for just $9.99 each. For April, the selections include The Nest, Flight of Dreams, No One Knows, A Mother's Reckoning, and Left of Boom. To learn more about these titles and view past selections, go to bookofthemonth.com and use the book use the promo code bookriot50 to get 50% off a 3-month membership. Thanks again to Book of the Month for sponsoring. <laughs>
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 49, and today we are talking about books released on April 12th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. What, what? Hi! Hey there! You might hear a big thump because I'm sitting on a very high stool this time and I just realized like I'm trying to lean over to get the microphone and I'm sliding. Oh, that's funny. This is why you shouldn't
0: wear pants. <laughs> Ever. You know, I'm my slipping. trainer had me using one of those yoga balls to do ab workout stuff last week. And I had a brief moment of like, I could put one of these at my desk and use it. Like, remember, there was a fad of people using yeah. like balance balls as desk Dwight chairs. Right. <laughs> yeah, because Dwight Schrute is really who I want to be <laughs> in my working life and I entertained that thought for like 12 seconds before I was like no I'd get too excited about a thing or like mad on a conference call or something and I would fall off and it would be sad.
1: But I wonder if like falling off a yoga ball is better for your core than falling off a chair.
0: (laughs) She fell but her core was engaged the whole time. Yeah. Um, So we're rolling towards our first anniversary as we talked about last week and now we've decided Officially, that for our one year anniversary show, our 52nd episode, which will be um, on May 3rd, we are going to take listener questions about whatever. Uh, so you can send us those at all the books at bookriot.com or send them to us on Twitter. We'll also do some new releases that week because it's a huge week for new books and we can't leave those out as well. So send us your questions. Um, and speaking of anniversaries, there's a birthday that you want to mention.
1: Oh, my goodness. I just. Didn't think that we could let it go by without talking about it, because today is Beverly Cleary's 100th birthday.
0: We should have sent her a cake. I feel that we have failed. How amazing is that? She's amazing. Turning 100 is amazing. Yeah. I just, so happy birthday to her, because that's just so exciting. (laughs) I know. I don't think that you can have a, you can be in our age bracket, at least as a reader, and not have had your young reading life. Influenced in some way by Beverly Cleary.
1: Seriously. So that's rad.
0: That is rad. Rock on, Beverly Cleary. Um, Speaking
1: of rad, would you like to hear about my first book?
0: I would. Look at that segue. Yeah, that was was cheating, really.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My first book is called A Murder in Time. And it is by... I just dropped my paper. It is by (laughs) Julia McElwain. And it's so much fun. It's about a brilliant young FBI agent named Kendra Donovan. And at the start of the book, she is part of a raid. They're going into this warehouse to get the bad guys. Everything goes horribly wrong. Several of her team members are killed. She's shot several times. Everything is bleak, horrible, terrible. Bad guy gets away. So she spends several months getting better, and she hatches this plot to go and find the bad guy. Um, during this quest to find the villain, she travels back in time. Oh. Like, like you do. Um, oh.
0: Yes. Like by surprise, she just finds
1: herself oh, back yeah. in time. By by surprise. Um, she's on his trail, and suddenly, she's in an English castle in 1815. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, so, through, like, her weird circumstances, they think that she's a servant there to help with this party that they're throwing. I mean, she's immediately, like, given her quarters and put to work. And she's kind of like, what is going on? You know, because travel back in time. She has no idea what's <laughs> happening. Um Shortly after her arrival, a body is discovered. And now this is her field. She, like, she is an FBI agent, like I said, and she does forensic science and studies serial killers. So body pulled out of the water. She's like, hey, I'm on this. But of course, you remember now, like, this is 1815. I saw a t-shirt once that said, um, when people ask me if you could go back in history to any time, where would you go And I say, I'm a woman. Are you kidding? I'll stay right here. And it's kind of like that because she's, you know, it's kind of like when she works for the FBI. The men don't want to hear her opinions and she can't, you know, speak out of turn because she's a servant. Um, But luckily, the Duke who owns the castle is kind of, he's very forward thinking for the time period. And she starts using her 21st century skills to help them search for a 19th century killer you know, she kind of like serial killers haven't even been named at this point. Like there, it's not a term that is common back then. Um, doctors and surgeons were not the same. Like there were two different occupations. Uh, you know, and the the aristocracy believes that only common people commit crimes. And she's trying to explain to them that all clues lead to one of their own, like in the castle, not the servants, but like one of the aristocracy. Um, it's just it's so much fun, and I really liked how they how the author described how she gets from 21st century to the 18th, or the 19th century, like, the the physical description of her traveling in time was really cool. Um, I really like how the mystery unfolds. There is a set list of suspects that she comes up with, and so you know that it's one of them, and she goes, and she's searching for clues, and she interviews people, interviews them, and you know that, like, one of these people has to be lying to her because it's one of them. So it's really, it really helps with the suspense. It's just, it's super fun. Um, I've never read Outlander, but... From what I understand, that's like, Lady Goes Back in Time, there's there's lots of sex. Yeah, there's surprise
0: time travel in that one, yeah.
1: Well, this is like Lady Goes Back in Time, and there's lots of murder, which is more my speed, (laughs) if that tells you anything, but um, it's just, it's really fun. And again, it's called Murder in Time by Julie McElwain
0: awesome. My first pick this week is also super fun. So we are delivering on our promise to not be major (laughs) Debbie Downers like we were last week. It is super fun. Oh, it's so good. This is one of my favorite books of the year so far. And it also has like the problem is coming from inside the house. Um, It's not a castle here. It's an underground organization. The book is called The Regional Office is Under Attack. It's by Manuel Gonzalez. He wrote one of my very favorite short story collections called The Miniature Wife, which came out, I think, in 2012. And I've talked about about it before. Um, it's just weird and wonderful, and this novel is exactly what I wanted a novel by him to be. The regional office is an underground organization, both literally and figuratively. Their offices are underground, um, and they're pr- like protected by the front of a travel agency. Uh, the regional office fights the sources of evil in the world, including like monsters and just terrorist organizations, like, you know, imaginary evil that exists in the book and real world evil that exists everywhere. Um, And the book opens with an attack that has been planned by someone on the inside and is now being carried out. Um, Rose is a young assassin who's participating in the attack and we meet her as she's climbing through the vents like she's straight out of Die Hard. Um, The other main character is a young woman named Sarah who works for the regional office. She's kind of a cyborg. One of her arms is mechanical and There's this long running gag in the book about how uh, no one knows which arm it is and like she doesn't want anybody to know which arm it is so that she could just destroy them with either arm by surprise Um, and she's trying to defend the regional office against this attack Um, most of the book moves back and forth in time between how between showing us how Rose was recruited for this attack and how Sarah was recruited to work for the regional office and then how the attack was planned or who might have planned it Um, and there are these interstitial chapters that are essentially like a scholar's notes about how this uh, supposedly historic attack on the regional office was carried out and what led up to it. It's it is so bonkers fun. There's monsters, there's assassins, there are supervillains, there's scheming, there is so much creative swearing. I loved it so, so much. Um, And there are like, you know, they find women who seem to have magical powers and they turn them into oracles and put them in like glowing bathtubs. Um, and you can just see the villains like rubbing their fingers together, Mr. Burns style about what they're managing to do in this, in this book. It's just, it's so weird. It kind of defies description in an effective way. I don't know how to talk about it other than to say it's so, so much fun. Uh, It's the most fun I've had reading, I think, since Angel Maker by Nick Harkaway. If you liked that book, you were going to like this one as well. And it just does its own cool, weird thing. I really just loved the crap out of it. It's called The Regional Office is Under Attack by Manuel Gonzalez. He's so cool. He is.
1: His book of stories is awesome, too. It's
0: like, you know, sometimes you read something where you can tell that the writer just really delighted in like going to work every day and telling that story. And I'm sure that it was work because writing is work. Um, but this, it feels so effortless and it feels like Gonzalez must've just sat down at his desk every day and been like, all right, what to do now? Like, I think we'll have them, you know, attack each other this way and then this thing will happen. And then the mechanical arm will become sentient. Like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's just so much fun. Um, I, one of my favorites of the year. I've been excited about it for a while, so I'm really glad it, it is out in the world. Um, before we get to our next picks, we have another sponsor, and it's Penguin Random House Audiobooks. Um, this is the time of year where if you have a green thumb, you are no doubt spending some time out in the garden. And listening to audiobooks is a great way to spend your time while you're gardening, but also to get new stories in your ears. Uh, Random House, uh, Penguin Random House Audio is offering a Listen While You Garden prize pack that includes some great audiobooks to keep you going and entertained as you are preparing for spring. Uh, so you can check that out at tryaudiobooks.com. The titles include The High Mountains of Portugal, Rose Harbor in Bloom, A Few of the Girls by Maeve Binchy, and At the Edge of the Orchard. Um, I have heard from several uh, Riot contributors that the, re- the regional office is under attack, is excellent on audiobook. I read it in print, but I have no doubt in their ability, so if you're wanting to check that out, it's from Penguin. Penguin. Penguin Random House Audio as well. Again, go to tryaudiobooks.com to get listening suggestions to keep you busy while you're gardening or doing whatever you're doing outdoors this year and to enter to win their gardening prize pack giveaway. So thanks to Penguin Random House Audio for sponsoring us.
1: I feel like I have to start off my next pick by apologizing to you because... (laughs) I think that if you read this book, it would be one of your favorites, but I didn't bring it to your attention because I loved it so much I wanted
0: to talk about it. You're a sneaky But lady. I feel really
1: guilty now, and I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. right.
0: I'm Now I'm even more interested in finding out about it. Oh, it's so good. It
1: is a book of short stories. Okay. It's called The Bed Moved, Stories by Rebecca Schiff. It's a debut, and it's so fantastic. I loved it so 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 much, and I would like lots more, please. It's only 160 pages. I was very sad that it ended. Um, she's she reminded me a lot of Jenny Ophel, or mm. um, you read Barbara the Slut, right? The mm-hmm. Lauren Holmes, yeah, reminded me a lot of that. Um, it's so great. These are like the title story is like a page and a half long. I mean, they're very short. Oh, I Some love of them that. are longer. Um, the title story is about a woman. It's called again. It's called the bed moved. So the title story, "Bed Moved," is about a woman. She's kind of detailing how her bed moved in more than one way. Oh, Um, there's a story about a girl's father who is really angry that the street next to theirs is going to become a one-way, and he starts like (laughs) sending threatening tapes to the mayor and just really angry. And he wants her to help him petition. Um, There's a high schooler who has her first sexual experience at geology camp. (laughs) There's a woman who goes to visit. Did they make
0: her bed rock? (laughs) oh
1: (laughs) sorry you're not sorry there's a woman who goes to visit her mother after her father has died and her mother is keeping their house kind of like a shrine like she's wearing her father's shirts and she doesn't want to throw out his like computer magazines from 1997 and um the woman goes to use her father's computer and she finds a file like a 30 second video clip that alarms and surprises her um, there's a story about a clothing optional resort in California. These are all just really funny. Like, some, like, made me laugh out loud. Um, sometimes I wonder are the things I laugh out loud at. I <laughs> wonder if other people will laugh out loud. But, like, the one about the girl whose father is angry about the road. She's talking about high school and how they're reading, like, their 37th John Steinbeck novel. <laughs> and, like, that made me laugh because that could be true. Oh, yeah. Um, That's real. But they're all just, like, really razor sharp and fantastic. But also very tender. Um, there's some really, there are some really great stories about adolescence and the awkwardness and and love and pain. And and there's some great stories about what it's like to live in New York. Um, I was just delighted by the whole thing. And as I said, I really wish it was twice as big. Um, you know, I wonder, like, when you say to, to, like, I wish there was more, or when are you gonna write the next one? Authors are like, jeez, because like you said, writing is a lot of work. But I do, I do, I could use another 50 or 60 stories. Um, Again, it's called The Bed Moved by Rebecca Schiff.
0: So fun. I do just love a good, straightforward, funny collection. It's awesome. I will forgive you for not telling me about it sooner. My picks this week are all pretty, well, not, they're not all fun, but they're all great. I feel good about all the books that I read this week. So I'm, you know, I'm not sad. (laughs) It's all right. My next one is also a a very funny book. It's called I Know What I'm Doing and Other Lies I Tell Myself by Jen Kirkman. She is a comedian and a very funny one at that. Um, This is her second memoir. The first one was called I Can Barely Take Care of Myself. It came out a few years ago, and it was about being happily and intentionally child free, uh, which is a camp that I am also in. And so I related super hard to pretty much everything in that book about the social baggage that comes with being a woman in your late 20s or early 30s who doesn't have children and doesn't want children and is happy to talk to you about not having children and not wanting children. Uh, and there's a great se- uh, little, like, piece where she realizes that uh, if she just lets the women who work at her nail salon believe that she's pregnant, she'll get treated better um, than than being judged by them when she tells them that she doesn't have any children and doesn't want any. And I've had, like, pretty much that experience at a nail salon. So it's like, oh, Jen Kirkman, you're an evil genius. Uh, this new one, I Know What I'm Doing, is about... Uh, divorce and about resetting your life but more so it's about being happily single about the adventures and disasters that she has in dating and really more so about what it is to make a big decision about a major thing in your life like ending a marriage um, and knowing that it's the right decision for you and continuing to you know make the choices that are right for you even when people uh, don't understand them or don't support them and because she's a comedian she does all of this in a really hilarious fun to read way and she's just unapologetic About the decisions that she's made. Um, She's firm in knowing that she knows better than anybody else does uh, what decisions she should be making for her life because that's how being an individual works. Um, And it's also just a really great, inspiring example of a person living their feminism. Um, She doesn't want to be up in your choices. She doesn't care if you get married or divorced or have kids or don't want kids, Um, but she also doesn't want anybody else up in her choices. And again, the way that it comes across is smart and funny. Um, She tells Tells these stories as comedians tend to do that are the kinds of things that most of us wouldn't want other people to know we had done or had happened to us, but they're hysterical. Uh, and she relates them in a really open, fun way. Um, I, I find that there is some like kind of self help without being self help element to Jen Kirkman's writing because it's just like, look, here's me. Um, and here's why I do the things that I do. And here's how I feel about being me. And that's, um, you know, affirming in its own way. She's really fun to read. Um, I've loved her previous works. So I'm happy to recommend this one again. It's called I Know What I'm Doing and Other Lies I Tell Myself by Jen Kirkman. Thank
1: goodness for that mute button, or it would sound like the Keystone Cops are in my (laughs) office right now. Like, I was listening to you, and I was, like, taping up my next notes, and then I dropped them (laughs) behind my desk, and then I knocked some stuff
0: over. Yes, but is your core engaged.
1: (laughs) I really wish I had been sitting on a yoga ball. Yeah, it would have helped. So. Oh, oh yeah, we're talking about books, right? Yeah, what's your next one? I'm so intrigued by the title My next one is a fantastic novel called Vexation. Lullaby by Justin Tussing. It's T-U-S-S-I-N-G. It's a new book coming out from Catapult. Love them so much. They did Margaret the First, which I talked about a few weeks ago. Oh, right. Um, This is a fantastic novel, as I think I already said, about a young doctor named Peter Silver. He is sort of driftless in his life right now after a breakup. Uh, emotionally driftless, I should say. He doesn't actually get out all that much or go anywhere or do anything. His ex-girlfriend calls him a mama's boy. He's accused of being a homebody by his best friend. As if there's anything wrong with that. Um, and he, This Monday, he gets a strange request to make a house call. And he agrees to it. And it turns out that his patient is a famous rock star named Jimmy Cross. Um, One thing leads to another, and he ends up being the doctor on Jimmy's tour bus. And now he's traveling the country with this band. You know, he hardly ever leaves the house, and all of a sudden he's, like, on the road with a rock and roll band. Um, It's, like, Almost Famous, but with a doctor instead of a reporter. Oh, okay. Um, Kind of, but not really. But still, you know, you get the idea. Um, The other major character is sort of the opposite of Peter, and that is Arthur Pennyman. He is Jimmy Cross's number one fan, and he has not missed a performance in 20 years. He follows the tour around wherever they go. Um, He keeps a website dedicated to his fanatic concert attendance and his love of the band. And he just, he's never really settled down. So he, like I said, he's the opposite of Peter. Um, And it's about how these two men play a part in each other's lives, in Jimmy Cross's life, Um, it's about how rock and roll can play an important part in people's lives and how we learn to love through what we choose to love. Um, it has really great dialogue and just a ton of heart. It's really fun. Um, I, I I loved it. And again, it's called Vexation Lullaby by Justin Tussing. That's such
0: a good title. Yeah. All right, we've got our final sponsor. You want to hear about it? Yes, I do, please. Cool. Uh, It's called Send Me Swooning. This is a new monthly literary romance subscription box. Send Me Swooning will send you sassy, sexy literary romance novels each month, along with three to five bookish items. Their very first box is going to ship in May, and it has a classic romantic heroines theme. So if you can't get enough romance books in your life, you can sign up for Send Me Swooning's monthly subscription. Prices start at $30.99 each month month plus shipping. Um, So you get a three or month subscription and you'll get to save money when you do that. All the books listeners will receive a 10% discount off your first month. Um, If you're looking for a Mother's Day gift for a romance reader in your life, this would be an excellent way to start. And of course, again, you'd get your 10% all the books uh, discount. If you want to subscribe or buy this as a gift for someone in your life, go to sendmeswooning.com. Use the code All the Books to receive a 10% discount off your first month. Again, that's sendmeswooning.com. Prices start at thirty ninety nine plus shipping for one month, and you'll get ten percent off with the code All the Books. So, thanks again to them for sponsoring.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: All right. So my third pick this week, here's one that I'm really excited about. I've been, I always want to read more YA and I never do read more YA, but this one I just couldn't ignore. It's called A Fierce and Subtle Poison by Samantha Mabry. It's new from young, uh, from young adult Algonquin. It's from Algonquin Young Readers. (laughs) Words are hard. Uh, And it has one (laughs) of the most beautiful covers that I've seen in a long time. It's this deep, rich, green, striking cover covered with plants. And you're about to find out why. Um, The main character is a 17-year-old boy named Lucas. He lives in San Juan. His father is the rich white guy who runs a bunch of the hotels in town. And he and his father are both kind of detested, mainly because his father is detestable. Um, But Lucas is trying to be a good guy. Dead girls start walking washing up on the beaches of San Juan and Lucas is trying to figure out what's going on. Um, he's He has some connections to these dead girls and he also might be a suspect in the case. He finds that he has unexpected help from this girl who lives at the end of the street. Uh, she's almost mythical. In fact he doesn't believe at first that she really exists um, because the house that she lives in has all these legends and sort of uh, ghost stories told about it. And the girl it turns out has green skin and is kept alive by poisonous plants that grow in the courtyard of their house that her father, who's a botanist, grows and uses to keep her going. So we find out eventually how she ended up this way. Um, But she and Lucas go on the hunt uh, to figure out who is killing these girls and to try to stop it. The story has all these touches of magic, as you might have guessed because there's a character who has green skin and is kept alive by poisonous plants. Um, The town also tells these uh, myths about the house, that there's someone who lives there that you can write your wishes on a piece of paper and throw them over the wall and your wish might be granted. That doesn't actually come true or we don't think it does, um, but there's, you know, this lore around the house and who the people are who live there, and we get to meet the girl. Um, it's really, although though a story about friendship, it's about colliding cultures, about family, and there's a little bit of a star-crossed lover's element to it. It moves along at such a good clip. Um, I didn't really know where it was going to go for most of the time, and I was so enthralled with the with the San Juan that Samantha Mabry creates. That's like, even though there's a girl who has to be fed poison to keep her living. Um, there, had, It had that element of like, this is the San Juan that I want to visit. You know, sometimes you read a version of a place and it just seems so compelling and beautiful. Um, th- I really, really loved this book. I couldn't put it down. I read it very quickly. Um, again, it's called A Fierce and Subtle Poison by Samantha Mabry.
1: Yeah, I picked that up because I could not ignore the cover. And I had no, I didn't read the description. So I was like, what
0: is even yeah. going on? Right. I didn't know what it was about either. I try not to read stuff before I start the books too. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: We know what we're owing at, but everyone else will have to read it and find right.
0: out. <laughs> and do read it and find out it's worth it. Yes. <gasps> What's up next for you? Last
1: book. It is called. Pretty Jane and the Viper of Kidbrook Lane, A True Story of Victorian Law and Disorder and the First Unsolved Murder of the Victorian Age. Well, that's a mouthful. That is a big title. Uh, It's by Paul Thomas Murphy. It is a big book. It's over 400 pages. I should say that, aside from The Bed Moved, all the books that I chose today are quite large. A Murder in Time is like 500-something pages. It's crazy. Anyway, this is a 400-page book, and it's awesome, and it's so in my wheelhouse um it's a true story on april 26 1871 a police constable who's walking his route in london discovers a young woman's body horrible horrible violence has been visited upon her and he thinks that he's looking upon her corpse when suddenly she puts up her hand and she is still <gasps> alive but she lapses into a coma and she dies five days later identity unknown so, Scotland Yard sends one of its top detectives, John Mulvaney, uh, to investigate the crime. And after several days, the police learn her identity. She is Jane Maria Clausen, a maid in the house of the esteemed Pook family. Which has just <laughs> made me laugh really hard. Even though this is a book about murder, I'm a horrible person. Anyway, <laughs> so it turns out that she was the, the Pook's maid, and she was also two months pregnant at the time of her death. And so, uh, Paul Thomas Murphy, the author, he has reviewed all the evidence... Of this 19th century crime through a 21st century crime lens, and he identifies her killer and the father of her child as none other than Edmund Walter Pook, who who she worked for. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a really cool look at old forensic science against present day science. Um, You know, it's really interesting how he comes to this conclusion. Um, It's also a really fun accidental pairing with a murder in time. Like I read these books sort of almost back to back, and was like, oh, historical crime solving, you know. Um, It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. If you like Suspicions of Mr. Witcher by Kate Summerscale, it's a really good book. I also really like, even though it got trashed a lot, um, the Patricia Cornwell book where she said that she solved the Jack the Ripper murders. Like, that's a really fun comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just like super nerdy old murder science. I'm so there for it. Again. (laughs) It
0: does sound like your wheelhouse.
1: (laughs) Here again, it's called Pretty Jane and the Viper of Kid Brook Lane. I'm just going to break it off there. It's by (laughs) Paul Thomas Murphy.
0: Fun. Uh, My last book is the most serious one of my picks this week, and it actually would have fit with last week's accidental theme pretty well. It's called We Believe You, Survivors of Campus Sexual Assault Speak Out. It's edited by Annie E. Clark and Andrea Elpino, and they are two of the founders of an organization called End Rape on Campus. Um, And this is a collection of essays that are written by survivors of college sexual assault and rape. They're from all kinds of colleges, all backgrounds, you know, all socioeconomic and religious and racial groups and all different kinds of experiences, both in what was done to them and how they responded to it. Um, more than 20% of women and 5% of men will be will be sexually assaulted while they are attending college. That those numbers are huge. Um, and those are only the ones that we know of and can guess based on reporting rates. Um, and these essays go into what the experience is, but also all of the the social stuff surrounding, um, why people report or in many cases choose not to report their experience of being raped. Um, what happens to them with their peer group? What happens to them with the administrators of their college? What happens to them when they go to the cops? Um, that it's not just the victimization of being raped, but also the process of um, trying to get justice for it can, can be another experience of being victimized, can be really horrible. It's not always. And some of the stories, um, get to that point as well Um, but just a really broad display of experiences here that go toward the importance of people telling their stories um, and making it more and more okay for other people to come forward and tell their stories as we really work to try to end rape on college campuses. If you read Missoula last year and you were wanting a broader um, spectrum of people's experiences um, in different kinds of college places, this is a, a great place to go. Um, if you've been you know, just thinking about this issue and wondering about what a breadth of experiences look like, um, certainly not an easy read. It's kind of a gift that the pieces are short and that there are many contributors so that you can space them out um, it's difficult material to encounter. But a great book, again, it's called We Believe You, Survivors of Campus Sexual Assault Speak Out by Annie E. Clark and Andrea Alpino. Okay, so those are the new books this week. Yes. We did it. No one fell off their ball. Nope. <laughs> and now what are you going to go read?
1: I'm in the middle of reading The Pilo Family Circus by Will Elliott, which is something that I've meant to read for a really long time because I've heard just bonkers things about it, um, about a trio of psychotic circus clowns. Okay. Um, and it has a blurb from Catherine Dunn, or not even a blurb, the introduction is from Catherine Dunn from Geek Love, mm-hmm. um, which is like getting, you know, blessed by a unicorn. Um, and so yesterday when I, I mentioned on the internet that I was going to read this book, several people were like, that book was too gross, weird, strange, violent, sick for me. And you were like, so I was like, Yes! <laughs> please yeah and just as many people were like that book is amazing it's fantastic as all this but so far it's kind of like killer clowns from outer space it's like this guy is driving home from his job and he sees this weird clown standing in the road and then he's like cursed now the clowns have seen him and they come to his house and they wreck his house and they do terrible things to him oh and my his god it's terrifying it's it's wicked wicked messed up and they leave him a note and they're like if you don't make us laugh in the next few days you're gonna get it and you <sighs> have to like join us now and it's it's so messed up, and I'm like, I'm like a third of the way into it, um, yeah, and I'm enjoying it. Which, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Oh, we're so far past that point on this show. <laughs> so what are you going to read? I'm about halfway through The Badass Librarians of Timbuktu by Joshua Hammer, um, which I think we talked about when we were doing yes. our like, 2016 Most Anticipated Titles uh, show. It's about the real-life librarians who like undertook a heist that the blurb calls worthy of Ocean's 11 uh, in order to protect really old Arabic manuscripts from being found and destroyed by Al-Qaeda. I'm still, since I'm still in the first half of the book, I'm still mostly learning about the history of these manuscripts and how people first started finding them and building libraries to protect them. I'm not to the heist part yet. I can't wait to get there because I love a good heist story. But the history of Timbuktu and of being a real place of learning and of having you know ancient writings and libraries at different points in history is fascinating and something that I didn't really know anything about. So I'm just I'm filled with, like, hey, did you know, did you know, did you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> I love those um, books. I know. It's uh, it's really fascinating. Um, so I'm looking forward to finishing it. I think it comes out on the 26th of April, so I'll get to talk about it in a couple of weeks.
1: I was thinking about it, and I wanted it to be made into a movie, which is not yes. normal for books. But now I was thinking more about it, and I want it to be an animated feature. Oh. I don't know
0: why. Huh. But I would. Yes. So far, I would definitely like to see this as a movie. It's it's really, really fascinating or at least like a one hour awesome thing on the history channel or something. (laughs) I hope somebody will do something with it. Uh, so that is our show this mm-hmm. week. Uh, thanks to our sponsors. Book of the Month. You go to bookofthemonth.com and use the code All the Books to save your uh, to save money. There you get fifty percent off a three month dis- uh, three month description, a three month subscription. It's a good thing we're at the end of this show. Uh, <laughs> to Penguin Random House Audio, go to tryaudiobooks.com to get recommendations and to check out their gardening pack giveaway and also. To send me swooning, and that's sendmeswooning.com. And use the code all the books to save 10% on your first month of a romance subscription. Uh, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or send us your burning questions uh, for our first anniversary show coming up in a few weeks. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S C H I N S K Y, and Liberty is Miss Liberty on Twitter. And if you've got a minute, want to give us a quick gift for our anniversary, you could leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. It helps us other readers who are looking for book shows to find their way to us. And if you have already found your way to us, you know that there just aren't that many uh, book podcasts out there. So please help us find new friends and uh, leave us an iTunes review.
1: And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. All right. Happy reading. Happy reading.